Hello everyone and happy 2022. Welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at The Gratitude Chick for both Instagram and Facebook, Gratitude underscore Chick on Twitter, and on TikTok, Babes Who Manifest. everyone and welcome back to your reading corner with the gratitude chick and as you guys realize on tuesday um, we are reading the four agreements we are on chapter number one and it is called domestication and the dream of the planet as a reminder i do read and offer my own commentary you don't have to agree but i did want to let you know that it is my commentary um, about what I'm reading. I've never read this book, so I'm very excited to see where it goes and where it takes us. Um, so go, look, go ahead and listen in on chapter one, Domestication and the Dream of the Planet. What you are seeing and hearing right now is nothing but a dream. You are dreaming right now in this moment. You are dreaming with the brain awake. Dreaming is the main function of the mind, and the mind dreams 24 hours a day. It dreams when the brain is awake, and it also dreams when the brain is asleep. The difference is that when the brain is awake, there is a material frame that makes us perceive things in a linear way. When we go to sleep, we do not have that frame, and the dream has the tendency to change constantly. Humans are dreaming all the time. Before we were born, the humans before us created a big outside dream that we will call society's dream or the dream of the planet. The dream of the planet is the collective dream of billions of smaller personal dreams, which together create a dream of a family, a dream of a community, a dream of a city, a dream of a country, and finally a dream of the whole humanity. The dream of the planet includes all of society's rules, its beliefs, its laws, its religions, its different cultures and ways to be, its governments, schools, social events, and holidays. We are born with the capacity to learn how to dream, and the humans who live before us teach us how to dream the way society dreams. The outside dream has so many rules that when a new human is born, we hook the child's attention and introduce these rules into his or her mind. The outside dream uses mom and dad, the schools, and religion to teach us how to dream. Ooh, that's deep. Attention is the ability we have to discriminate and to focus only on that which we want to perceive. We can perceive millions of things simultaneously, but using our attention, we can hold whatever we want to perceive in the foreground of our mind. The adults around us hooked our attention and put information into our minds through repetition. How many times do I tell you guys this? What you believe right now is because of repetition. A lot of people who have bad ideas of money and working and men and love it is because of things that they heard repeatedly from someone else 
And most often, it is not from your own thoughts. It is the thoughts of those around you. I have told you that, guys this many, 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 many times. So I'm going to read it again. The adults around us hooked our attention and put information into our minds through repetition. That is the way we learned everything we know. And what's crazy is that I am now doing that for my niece, except I am doing it in a way that was never done for me. I often tell her that practice makes perfect so that she'll continue to practice because she's always talking about she can't can't run fast or because she's trying to join the track team or when she was in dance or anything, anything that she's trying to learn. I always tell her, and I've been telling her since she was a baby, practice makes perfect. Continue to practice. Continue to practice and hone your skill. And I also tell her to watch the words that she says because it creates her life. Think back over what you're saying. Is that the life that you want? If not, change the words that you're saying. These are things that I am telling her now, things that were never told to me. So yes, repetition is definitely key. But I want to counsel you to make sure that you are saying the right things to your children so that the repetition that they get are is um, helping will help them create the lives that they want as they grow. Okay, back to reading. By using our attention, we learned a whole reality, a whole dream. We learned how to behave in society, what to believe and what not to believe. What is acceptable and what is not acceptable. What is good and what is bad. What is beautiful and what is ugly. What is right and what is wrong. It was already there. All that knowledge, all those rules and concepts about how to behave in the world. When you were in school, you sat in a little chair and put your attention on what the teacher was teaching you. When you went to church, you put your attention on what the priest or minister was telling you. It is the same dynamic with mom and dad, brothers and sisters. They were all trying to hook your attention. We also learned to hook the attention of other humans, and we develop a need for attention, which can become very competitive. Children compete for the attention of their parents, their teachers, their friends. Look at me. Look at what I'm doing. Hey, I'm here. The need for attention becomes very strong and continues into adulthood. The outside dream hooks our attention and teaches us what to believe, beginning with the language that we speak. Language is the code for understanding and communication between humans. Every letter, every word in each language is an agreement. We call this a page in a book. The word page is an agreement that we understand. Once we understand the code, our attention is hooked and the energy is transferred from one person to another. It was not your choice to speak English. You didn't choose your religion or your moral values. They were already there before you were born. We never had the opportunity to choose what to believe or what not to believe. We never chose even the smallest of these agreements. We didn't even choose our own name. As children, we didn't have the opportunity to choose our beliefs, but we agreed with the information that was passed to us from the dream of the planet via other humans. The only way to store information is by agreement. 
The outside dream may hook our attention, but if we don't agree, we don't store that information. As soon as we agree, we believe it, and this is called faith. Now that is deep. As soon as we agree, we believe it, and this is called faith. To have faith is to believe unconditionally. Hmm. That's how we learn as children. Children believe everything adults say. Oof. Mm. We agree with them and our faith is so strong that the belief system controls our whole dream of life. And this is why I always say, do not have kids if you don't have the wherewithal to raise them correctly. Do not have children. Children, they are like lumps of clay. And they literally will believe everything that you say to them or not say to them. Because if a a child like me, my mother died at eight, the rest of my life, I grew up believing that my family did not love me. And it was because they never said, I love you. So be careful, be careful. If you don't have the wherewithal to have children, don't have them just to satisfy your own vanity. And I know that is something tough to hear. And you may not agree. It is my opinion. And it is one of the reasons why I do not have children. All right, back to reading. We didn't choose these beliefs and we may have rebelled against them, but we were not strong enough to win the rebellion. The result is surrender to the beliefs with our agreement. I call this process the domestication of humans. And through this domestication, we learn how to live and how to dream. In human domestication, the information from the outside dream is conveyed to the inside dream, creating our whole belief system. First, the child is taught the name of things, mom, dad, milk, bottle. Day by day, at home, at school, at church, and from television, we are told how to live, what kind of behavior is acceptable. The outside dream teaches us how to be a human. We have a whole concept of what a woman is and what a man is. We also learn to judge. We judge ourselves, judge other people, judge the neighbors. Children are domesticated the same way that we domesticate a dog, a cat, or any other animal. In order to teach a dog, we punish the dog and we give it rewards. Wow. We train our children whom we love so much the same way that we train any domesticated animal with a system of punishment and reward. We are told you are a good boy or you are a good girl when we do what mom and dad want us to do. When we don't, we are a bad girl or a bad boy. And that is one of the things that... I never told, and my my sister never told my nieces that she was bad because it is not something that you want ingrained in your children. I often hear mothers telling um, their kids or, you know, their babies even, um, you know, that they're bad. Like, I I know one person, I'm not even going to say anything other than this, that from before that baby was one, that baby got cussed out. Okay, baby couldn't even talk. Baby would get cussed out. The baby was bad. The baby was disgusting. The baby was a bitch. Like the baby got cussed out. So when it says 
this, this is this is this is completely correct. And what must you be doing to the children, to your child, when you cuss them out, when you call them bad, when you call them disgusting names? What, like, how is a baby an asshole? Can somebody explain this to me? Like, these are just, and this is why I often say, if you don't have the wherewithal to raise your children correctly, do not have them. I'm not going to harp on that. Back to reading. When we went against the rules, we were punished. When we went along with the rules, we got a reward. We were punished many times a day, and we were also rewarded many times a day. I was punished. Uh, I wasn't really ever rewarded. I don't ever remember receiving a reward for doing right. I do remember always being punished for doing wrong, though. I don't ever remember being rewarded when I was doing right, though. Soon we became afraid of being punished and also afraid of not receiving the reward. The reward is the attention that we got from our parents or from other people like siblings, teachers, and friends. We soon develop a need to hook other people's attention in order to get the reward. The reward feels good, and we keep doing what others want us to do in order to get the reward. With that fear of being punished and that fear of not getting the reward, we start pretending to be what we are not, just to please others, just to be good enough for someone else. We try to please mom and dad, we try to please the teachers at school, we try to please the church, and so we start acting. We pretend to be what we are not, because we are afraid of being rejected. Yes. Yes. The fear of being rejected becomes the fear of not being good enough. Eventually, we become some someone that we are not. We become a copy of mama's beliefs, daddy's beliefs, society's beliefs, and religion's beliefs. All our normal tendencies are lost in the process of domestication. And when we are old enough for our mind to understand, we learn the word no. The adults say, don't do this and don't do that. We rebel and say no. We rebel because we are defending our freedom. We want to be ourselves, but we are very little and the adults are big and strong. After a certain time, we are afraid because we know that every time we do something wrong, we are going to be punished. The domestication is so strong that at a certain point in our lives, we no longer need anyone to domesticate us. We don't need mom or dad, the school or the church to domesticate us. We are so well trained that we are we are we are our own domesticator. We are on auto domesticated animal. We can now domesticate ourselves according to the same belief system we were given and using the same system of punishment and reward. We punish ourselves when we don't follow the rules according to our belief system. We reward ourselves when we are the good boy or the good girl. And this is so true, especially, um, and this is why I think I've had such a struggle with losing weight, because I punish hard, hard. And I am talking about, I, I won't even, it's an extreme way that I, I punish my, I have punished myself in the past, but my reward is always food. So it's like a, an oxymoron. <laughs> How do you lose weight when your reward is food and then you punish yourself so bad that you eat 
So, yeah, this is true. The belief system is like a book of law that rules our mind. Without question, whatever is in that book of law is our truth. We base all of our judgments according to the book of law, even if these judgments go against our own inner nature. Even moral laws like the Ten Commandments are are programmed into our mind in the process of domestication. One by one, all these agreements go into the book of law and these agreements rule our dream. There is something in our minds that judges everything and everybody, including the weather, the dog, the cat, everything. The inner judge uses what is in our book of law to judge everything we do and don't do, everything we think and don't think, and everything we feel and don't feel. Everything lives under the tyranny of this judge. Every time we do something that goes against the book of law, the judge says we are guilty. We need to be punished. We should be ashamed. This happens many times a day, day after day for all the years of our lives. Very true. There is another part of that, of that, of us, sorry, that receives the judgments. And this part is called the victim. The victim carries the blame, the guilt, and the shame. It is the part of us that says, poor me, I'm not good enough. I'm not intelligent enough. I'm not attractive enough. I'm not worthy of love. Poor me. The big judge agrees and says, yes, you are not good enough. And this is all based on a belief system that we never chose to believe. This is all based on a belief system that we never chose to believe. That is deep. These beliefs are so strong that even years later, when we are exposed to new concepts and try to make our own decisions, we find that these beliefs still control our lives. And, and, and this is resonating with me so much because I wasn't just raised as a Christian. I was raised deep in the church. I went to Christian school for grammar school, Christian high school, and I, my alma mater is a Christian university. I, w- I was deep in, you know, Christianity and religion. And these past couple of years learning, like when I first heard about manifestation, I was like most Christians. And I said, oof, that is from the devil child. I can't even. And I, I would not. But these past couple of years has opened up my mind. Um, once I started with gratitude, it has led me down the path of you know, learning what I can about the different laws of the universe and, you know, the law of assumption, um, kind of, you know, as told by Neville Goddard and even most recently, the power of our subconscious minds. And it really is, it really is a struggle when you are a Christian and you are fed this one concept and you don't realize that the concept that you're that you've been fed as a Christian is not even biblical. Really, it's not. Because the Bible tells us that we have the power to call those things that be not as though they were. That is manifestation. It tells us that the power of death and life are in the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. So if you love life, you're going to eat the fruit of life. If you love death, you're going to eat the fruit of death. That is what the Bible tells us. And it also tell, the Bible also tells us that he has given us the power to get wealth. That by his stripes, we are healed. Not going to be healed, but are healed. 
He also tells us that if we have the faith as small as a mustard seed, we can say to the mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea. And if we don't doubt in our heart and believe that those things that he says will come to pass, we can have whatever we want. But see, these are not the things that Christians are taught. These are scriptures that we've read, yeah. But you're not taught to to rely on this as a means to create your life. You're not taught that. So he is he is definitely, definitely correct. It wasn't until I turned 30 and I read the book, The Secret. I read the 30-minute, the no, the one-minute millionaire first, and then I read The Secret. And then I went through the Bible <clears throat> trying to find scriptures that proved this. And in, and in me doing that, I ended up finding... 365 scriptures that really coincided with everything and I wrote it out I literally have three notebooks filled with scriptures and me kind of expounding on the scripture like wow you know so definitely this I definitely agree with because I've been reading I've been talking so much I'm going to reread what he says These beliefs are so strong that even years later, when we are exposed to new concepts and try to make our own decisions, we find that these beliefs still control our lives. So true. Whatever goes against the book of law will make you feel a funny sensation in your solar plexus. Yes. And it's called fear. Breaking the rules in the book of law opens your emotional wounds and your reaction is to create emotional poison because everything that is in the book of law has to be true. Anything that challenges what you believe is going to make you feel unsafe. Even if the book of law is wrong, it makes you feel safe. So true. Because when I try to tell other Christians, even like my Facebook page is filled with Christians, like people I went to high school and college with, pastors and pastors' wives, it's filled with it. And I literally had to stop posting because these people, you can't lead, you can lead a, a, a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. So it was, to me, it was just a waste of my time to keep posting, but it is showing me, you know, just in my Facebook feed that these people, all you see on there is prayer requests, prayer requests, prayer requests, prayer requests. And not saying that you should not pray for one another. But if the same person has the same prayer request over and over and over and over and over again, where is your belief? Where? So anyway, this is why we need a great deal of courage to challenge our own beliefs. Because even if we know we didn't choose all these beliefs, it is also true that we agreed to all of them. The agreement is so strong that even if we understand the concept of it not being true, we feel the blame, the guilt, and the shame that occur if we go against these rules. And I know I keep talking, but something just came to my mind. My mother died when I was eight, and I had to go live with with her family. And literally not a week maybe not a month I'll say not a month not a month later I had been baptized because I was told I would not get go to heaven if I wasn't baptized I was eight I didn't even know what getting baptized was 
I know I didn't know any of this. I didn't know nothing about heaven. What are y'all talking about? I'm gonna be left here on this earth by myself. Okay, what do I do? I'm eight years old. And to me, it, it was the worst experience as a child because nobody explained anything other than I'm not gonna go to heaven. So, oof, okay. Just as the government has a book of laws that the rule that rule the society's dream, our belief system is the book of laws that rules our personal dream. All these laws exist in our mind. We believe them, and the judge inside us bases everything on these rules. The judge decrees, and the victim suffers the guilt and punishment. But who says there is justice in this dream? True justice is paying only once for each mistake. True injustice is paying more than once for each mistake. How many times do we pay for one mistake? The answer is thousands of times. The human is the only animal on earth that pays a thousand times for the same mistake. The rest of the animals pay once for every mistake they make, but not us. We have a powerful memory. We make a mistake, we judge ourselves, we find ourselves guilty, and we punish ourselves. If justice exists, then that was enough. We don't need to do it again. But every time we remember, we judge ourselves again, we are guilty again, and we punish ourselves again and again and again. If we have a wife or husband, he or she also reminds us of the mistake so we can judge ourselves again, punish ourselves again, and find ourselves guilty again. Is this fair? How many times do we make our spouse, our children, or our parents pay for the same mistake? Every time we remember the mistake, we blame them again and send them all the emotional poison we feel at the injustice, and then we make them pay again for the same mistake. Is that justice? Oof. The judge in the mind is wrong because the belief system, the book of law, is wrong. The whole problem, I'm sorry, the whole dream is based on false law. 95% of the beliefs we have stored in our minds are nothing but lies. And we suffer because we believe all these lies. Let me go and and underline this. 95% of the beliefs we have stored in our minds are, are lies, are nothing but lies. And we suffer because we believe all these lies. That's deep. In the dream of the planet, it is normal for humans to suffer, to live in fear, and to create emotional dramas. And, and that is so sad because the Bible tells us that he did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So we have created this life of suffering and fear. We have done that because God did not give that to us. He gave us power, love, and a sound mind. And why, why, why did he make reference of, reference of the sound mind? Because it, it is through our mind that we create our lives. Fear, it, it, it is... I can't even get into it because I, I suffer. I have issues with anxiety, so I'm not even going to go there. But you guys understand what fear is. 
In the dream of the planet, it is normal for humans to suffer, to live in fear, and to create emotional dramas. The outside dream is not a pleasant dream. It is a dream of violence, a dream of fear, a dream of war, a dream of injustice. And that's what's going on with us now with this COVID-19 and all these variants. We are living in fear. Not because it is it is fear that we created ourselves. We are listening to the CDC and all the news media and, oh, look at how many people have got COVID, you know? And then people around us start getting COVID and we start being afraid and afraid and afraid. <sighs> okay. The personal dream of humans will vary, but globally it is mostly a nightmare. If we look at human society, we see a place so difficult to live in because it is ruled by fear. Throughout the world, we see human suffering, anger, revenge, addictions, violence in the street, and tremendous injustice. It may exist at different levels in different countries around the world, but fear is controlling the outside dream. If we compare the dream of human society with the the description of hell that religions all around the world have promulgated, we find they are exactly the same. Religions say that hell is a place of punishment, a place of fear, pain, and suffering, a place where the fire burns you. Fire is generated by emotions that come from fear. Whenever we feel the emotion of anger, jealousy, envy, or hate, we experience a fire burning within us. We are living in a dream of hell. If you consider hell as a state of mind, then hell is all around us. I I don't consider hell as a state of mind. Others may warn us what, I'm sorry, others may warn us that if we don't do what they say, we should do, we will go to hell. Bad news. We are already in hell, including the people who tell us that. No human can condemn another to hell because we are already there. Now, this I don't agree with. Um, I I do agree with no human can condemn us to hell. Um, But hell has not come yet. So when people think that, you know, people, when they die, they either go to heaven or hell. I disagree with that. It's, It's not biblical. The Bible tells us that the soul goes back to God who gave it. It doesn't say that hell exists it does say that hell was created for the devil and his angels so that to me tells me that hell does not exist just yet because he's still satan is still roaming the earth with his people you know so others can put us into a deeper hell true but only if we allow this to happen Every human has his or her own personal dream, and just like the society dream, it is often ruled by fear. We learn to dream hell in our own life, in our personal dream. The same fears manifest in different ways for each each person, of course, but we experience anger, jealousy, hate, envy, and other negative emotions. Our personal dream can also become an ongoing nightmare where we suffer and live in a state of fear. But we don't need to dream a nightmare. Wow. It is possible to enjoy a pleasant dream. All of humanity is searching for truth, justice, and beauty. We are on an internal search for the truth because we only believe in the lies we have stored in our mind. We are searching for justice because in the belief system we have, 
there is no justice. We search for beauty because it doesn't matter how beautiful a person is, we don't believe that person has beauty. Excuse me. We keep searching and searching when everything is already within us. There is no truth to find. Wherever we turn our heads, all we see is the truth. But with the agreements and beliefs we have stored in our mind, we have no eyes for this truth. We don't see the truth because we are blind. What blinds us all are those false beliefs we have in our mind. We have the need to be right and to make others wrong. We trust what we believe and our beliefs set us up for suffering. It is as if, I'm sorry, it is as if we live in the middle of a fog that doesn't let us see any further than our own nose. We live in a fog that is not even real. This fog is a dream, your personal dream of life. What you believe, all the concepts you have about what you are, all the agreements you have made with others, with yourself, and even with God. Your whole mind is a fog, which the Toltec called a mito. I'm sorry, a mitote. A mitote. Your mind is a dream where a thousand people talk at the same time and nobody understands each other. This is the condition of the human mind, a big mitote. And with that big mitote, you cannot see what you really are. In India, they call the mitote maya, which means illusion. It is the personality's notion of I am. Everything you believe about yourself and the world, all the concepts and programming you have in your mind are all the mitote. We cannot see who we truly are. We cannot see what we are not free, that we are not free. That is why humans resist life. To be alive is the biggest fear humans have. Wow, death is not the biggest fear we have. Our biggest fear is taking the risk to be alive. The risk to be alive and express what we really are, just being ourselves is the biggest fear of humans. We have learned to live our lives trying to satisfy other people's demands. We have learned to live by other people's points of view because of the fear of not being accepted and of not being good enough for someone else. During the process of domestication, we form an image of what perfection is in order to try to be good enough. We create an image of how we should be in order to be accepted by everybody. We especially try to please the ones who love us, like mom and dad, big brothers and sisters, the priest and the teacher. Trying to be good enough for them, we create an image of perfection, but we don't fit this image. We create this image, excuse me, but this image is not real. We are never going to be perfect from this point of view. Never. Not being perfect, we reject ourselves, and the level of self-rejection depends upon how effective the adults were in breaking our integrity. After domestication... It is no longer about being good enough for anybody else. We are not good enough for ourselves because we don't fit with our own image of perfection. We cannot forgive ourselves for not being what we wish to be or rather what we believe we should be. We cannot forgive ourselves for not being perfect. That's deep. We know we are not what we believe we are supposed to be and so we feel false, frustrated, and dishonest. We try to hide ourselves and we pretend to be what we are not.
And that that definitely rings true for me. Like I've told you guys in past episodes that I have a whole fantasy land in my mind that I go to. And that is where who I should be lives. That's the The result is that we feel unauthentic and wear social masks to keep others from noticing this. We are so afraid that somebody else will notice that we are not what we pretend to be. We judge others according to our image of perfection as well. And naturally, they fall short of our expectations. We dishonor ourselves just to please other people. We even do harm to our physical bodies just to be accepted by others. You see teenagers taking drugs just to avoid being rejected by other teenagers. They are not aware aware that the problem is that they don't accept themselves. They reject themselves because they are not what they pretend to be. They wish to be a certain way, but they are not, and for this they carry shame and guilt. Humans punish themselves endlessly for not being what they believe they should be. They become very self-abusive, and they use other people to abuse themselves as well. But nobody abuses us more than we abuse ourselves, true. And it is the judge, the victim, and the belief system that makes us do it. True, we find people who say their husband or wife or mother or father abused them. But you know that we abuse ourselves much more than that. The way we judge ourselves is the worst judge that ever existed. If we make a mistake in front of people, we try to deny the mistake and cover it up. But as soon as we are alone, the judge becomes so strong, the guilt is so strong, and we feel so stupid or so bad or so unworthy. Dude, I could have wrote this myself. In your whole life, nobody has ever abused you more than you have abused yourself. True. And the limit of your self-abuse is exactly the limit that you will tolerate from someone else. If someone abuses you a little more than you abuse yourself, you will probably walk away from that person. But if someone abuses you a little less than you abuse yourself, you will probably stay in the relationship and tolerate it endlessly. Oh my goodness, this dude is literally preaching me under the bed. If you abuse yourself very badly, you can even tolerate someone who beats you up, humiliates you, and treats you like dirt. Wow. Why? Because in your belief system, you say, I deserve it. This person is doing me a favor by being with me. I'm not worthy of love and respect. I'm not good enough. This is... This is deep. We have the need to be accepted and to be loved by others, but we cannot accept and love ourselves. The more self-love we have, the less we will experience self-abuse. Self-abuse comes from self-rejection, and self-rejection comes from having an image of what it means to be perfect and never measuring up to that ideal. Our image of perfection is the reason we reject ourselves. It is why we don't accept ourselves the way we are and why we don't accept others the way they are. Prelude to a new dream. There are thousands of agreements you have made with yourself, with other people, and with your dream of life, with God, with society, with your parents, with your spouse, with your children. But the most important agreements are the ones you made with yourself. In these agreements, you tell yourself who you are, what you feel, what you believe, and how to behave. 
The result is what you call your personality. In these agreements, you say, this is what I am. This is what I believe. I can do certain things and some things I cannot do. This is reality. That is fantasy. This is possible. That is impossible. One single agreement is not such a problem, but we have many agreements that make us suffer, that make us fail in life. If you want to live a life of joy and fulfillment, you have to find the courage to break those agreements that are fear-based and claim your personal power. The agreements that come from fear require us to expend a lot of energy, but the agreements that come from love help us to conserve energy and even gain extra energy. Each of us is born with a certain amount of personal power that we build every day after we rest. Unfortunately, we spend all our personal power first to create all these agreements and then to keep these agreements. Our personal power is dissipated by all the agreements we have created. And the result is that we feel powerless. <clears throat> wow. We have just enough power to survive each day because most of it is used to keep the agreements that trap us in the dream of the planet. How can we change the entire dream of our life when we have no power to change even the smallest agreement? If we can see it is our agreements that rule our own life and we don't like the dream of our life, we need to change the agreements. When we are finally ready to change our agreements, there are four very powerful agreements that will help us to break those agreements that came from fear and deplete our energy. Each time you break an agreement, all the power you use to create it returns to you. If you adopt these four new agreements, they will create enough personal power for you to change the entire system of your old agreements. You need a very strong will in order to adopt the four agreements. But if you can begin to live your life with these agreements, the transformation in your life will be amazing. You will see the drama of hell disappear right before your very eyes. Instead of living in a dream of hell, you will be creating a new dream of your personal dream of heaven. Wow. Um, that was just so eye-opening and revealing to me. <clears throat> I am just floored. I really just need to process all that I just read before, <laughs> before I even speak. Because, <clears throat> sorry, I've been talking for so long. It just feels like I could have read this. It, it seems like this guy has just gone into my psyche and pulled everything out from the past 45 years of my life and just said, yeah, let me just write this up because this is all for Luanza. So I, I am very impressed with the first chapter because he really read me to a T. So the next chapter up is going to be the first agreement. And um, I, this we're already at 42 minutes, so I don't want to keep rambling. So thank you guys for tuning in to listen. Come back next Tuesday for the first agreement. And we will go from there. Don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life. I promise you your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick.
Don't forget to subscribe to me on YouTube at The Gratitude Chick. Make sure to click in my description box for the link to paid surveys, manifesting merchandise, and much more.